Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast. In today's episode, I talk to OJ Health founder, Mr. Ollie Matthews. Ollie is the man to talk to if you want to reduce the stress in your life and we cover a lot about the stresses that you know we experience in day-to-day life. So it's well worth a listen if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, burnout maybe, or even if you're just worried about it in the future and how you can optimise your life. I wish you a very warm welcome, even more so if this is your first time here. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm sure you will. We really got into some uh, nitty-gritty on uh, health optimization and fitness optimization and the rest of it. Let us know your favorite bit on social media at 10Q Interview, everywhere you may listen. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on whichever platform you are currently plugged into. It would mean the world to me, and I'm sure Ollie as well, if you share this episode far and wide. Like I said, there's loads in it, and I am convinced that there is probably at least one person, if not several, you'll think of when listening to this, who would probably benefit from giving a listen. So make sure to let them know. That's enough from me for now. So now, on to the podcast. Ollie Matthews, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure, uh, Chris. My pleasure. podcast today. Looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. I've been... We could postpone the last one, didn't we? Um, so we're here now. Understanding on that, it's all good. We are here, and I'm looking forward to it. And I will move swiftly on to question number one. You meet a stranger, bar, wedding, cafe, wherever it might be, and they ask you what you do. What is it you're most likely to say to them? That I heal people from stress. That's that's okay. Basically, what what I would say to people that I'm a healer, working as a health and wellness coach that works with high achieving entrepreneurs to get them from the brink of burnout to true peak performance using functional medicine, nutrition, lifestyle coaching, and training methods, but in a way that they're not getting overwhelmed. Okay. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, since 2000. And apparently I've been healing in a spiritual way for most of my life. I, I've found out from different people, but since 2006, I was officially qualified as a PT and then went into functional medicine and a nutrition therapist and nutritionist along the way okay. i think about 2015-16 is when i started officially being able to be insured for those other aspects and, and what have you seen like i guess the presence of stress or stress as a thing how have you seen that sort of over the years I think people underestimate what stress is doing to their body because we need stress. We need stress in order to grow, in order to move forward, in order to live. Like if we had no stress, it, essentially we would just die because cellular reproduction and everything wouldn't really be working as effectively. But chronic stress is what we're under so much nowadays that the okay. media chucks out chronic stress headlines all the time. We get worried about things. We've been through pan- a pandemic that... I'm seeing signs of stress in people that, and people don't think they're signs of stress and they push them to the side and deal with it later mentality because it is hard to take your body from where it's at now in a stressful state to where we can truly feel great and sleep through the night and not have brain fog and all these different things. Okay. So if people do that on a, put it to the side, how do how do we know what is stress that we should be worried about and stress that is part and parcel of life? 
as I say, stress is happening every single day, but it's those excess stresses. So we have physical stress, which is the stress we okay. put our bodies on uh, through exercise, not sleeping as well, like literally being like bright lights all the time, not going to bed at the right time, waking up early, um, stress from nutrition, loads of alcohol, loads of caffeine. Then there's stress from mold, from toxins in, 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 the, in the air, pollutants. And then there's emotional stress. And emotional stress okay. is what we put our mind through, our reaction to thoughts, our perceptions of thoughts. Because two people could have exactly the same thought, but their reaction is different. So it has a different level of stress response in the body. If you look at a roller coaster, okay. for example, I don't like roller coasters. I don't know about you. Do you like roller coasters? Do you, know, do you know what I used to do when I was a kid? As you get older, I learn not so much. Yeah, like, although, although I, haven't, I haven't been on one recently, so it's probably tough to... Uh, some people's like sure. idea of uh, stress release is jumping out of a plane or going on a roller coaster. Mine is like listening to music or going for a walk or like maybe playing some PlayStation or something. Everyone's stress yeah. response is different. And I'm seeing that people are underestimating. So loss of memory being quite a big thing that they're getting brain fog. They're not able to remember where they left their phone or, you know, when people... Hold on, sorry, is that is that an indicator of stress indicator or of stress, of stress? Indicator of being stressed. Okay. And it's a result of stress as well because stress gets us to that stress point. Like if we weren't going okay. through that stress, then the neurological function wouldn't like downgrade as such. So we have okay. brain fog being a big thing, like going into a room, forgetting why you went in there. Like I see so many people like, where's my sunglasses? Oh, actually they're on my head. Or you can't remember where your phone is. Like you can't remember what you had for breakfast or for lunch, but you can remember something from 10 years ago. Cold hands and feet. Waking through the night is probably the biggest thing I see and deal with with people that people think it's normal. So <laughs> well, I just, I'm just laughing because you just pretty much labeled off three or four symptoms. I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, we could have a discussion about health after this, but um, yeah, 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 like yeah. waking through the That's night. Podcast over yeah, now. Like, I'm, now yeah. I'm just go <laughs> Let's just go for into a consult. Uh, yeah. But waking through the night is one of the things where people think it's normal, but in reality, it's common. People wake up to go to the toilet and they say, it's because I drunk so much or these sorts of things, but it's a stressor on the body and it's to do with our cortisol levels, to do with our blood glucose management which people usually only link with diabetes. And yeah. just because something is common does not make it normal. And that's something which we have to really look at. The cold hands and feet, very common for people to have cold hands and feet. Poor blood flow, poor oxygen delivery to, to their hands and feet. And we're yeah. not getting good nutrient delivery. And if we're not getting good nutrient delivery to our hands and feet, we're not getting good nutrient delivery to our brain. And our hands and feet have got gravity working with them. And they're at the extremes of our body. Yeah. So then they're the things we look at constantly getting sick our immune fun function being lower migraines headaches like real big signs of stress loss of motivation low moods low sex drive they're struggling to drop weight if, you, if you're trying and the trouble that we have yeah. especially with things like weight loss is that we put more stress on the body trying to lose weight so we then the yeah. first thing we do like if i ask you like you want to get healthy what's the first thing you would say that someone to do like you, like what, what would you suggest to someone to get healthy our diet would be my first and then exercise exactly so we talk about diet we talk about exercise diet is about taking things out potentially like when people say i'm going to go on a diet i'm going to take the alcohol out the sugar and these sorts of things but exercise is a stressor in itself and believe me i've been to the extremes of exercise with 
competing in bodybuilding in the past, um, which I would never do now because it's just not healthy for where I want to be as a, as a person. It taught me a lot. I've done yeah. endurance events. I've worked with pro endurance athletes. That's extreme, like ultra marathon athletes. And like people say there, there's health and they link in fitness with health and you can be fit and healthy. But a lot of the times yeah. people are pushing for fitness and downgrading their health as a result because it's more stress on the body. And we have to balance that physical and emotional stress to get a good level of resilience in the body. So I think it's being aware of these stresses is, is, is a key thing that I'm working with many, many people on at the moment. Okay. So if I was to say to you, give me one tip or one surefire thing I should be looking out for that either could be fixed or resolved or is an alarm bell saying, speak to someone, what would it be? I would say waking through the night. Like a lot of people okay. are waking through the night once. Is that, got, is that got an age limit on it? So like, many people use it as that. like, go on, sorry. No, no, the reason I ask that is I very regularly get up for a wee in the middle of the night. Just the like once? Regularly. In fact, two, three times? Well, last night, weirdly, twice. It's, it's weird um, Like last night was a full moon. Now... As much as people believe on these things, there's certain different theories on it energetically, spiritually or anything that one of the, that I, I will wake up, I didn't wake up last night, occasionally on a full moon. If I'm going to wake up, it'll be like on a full moon. Not that we're werewolves or anything or like going to be in like <laughs> the Michael Jackson thriller video or something. But apparently the reflection of the sun's light, which is what makes the moon bright, comes back yep. onto our, on, onto the earth's surface. So we get more exposure to light in a full moon and it's light okay. exposure, like blue light exposure that we get from screens and actually is like what the sun emits okay. that then messes with our natural body clock, our circadian rhythm, but waking yep. up during the night, occasionally like once, if you know why, like, um, I'm a, a season ticket holder at Norwich. So when they have an evening that's a stressor kickoff. in itself, isn't it? Well, I'm a Man United fan and the season ticket holder at Norwich. So that's like stressor <laughs> in both sides of it there. So um, like when there's an evening kickoff, I usually wind down about nine o'clock in bed about half nine, finish it, uh, go to read and I'm wound down for like 10 p.m. But when I okay. go there, the floodlights, like we're getting exposed. Basically, it's daylight really when you go to a football match or in the evening with floodlights. Yeah, yeah. Yep. takes me a good hour and or so to wind down after that that match and it's where we what can we do to improve that like blue light blocking glasses good routine but i do truly think that waking through the night is one of the th and and people get short amounts of sleep as well i can thrive on four or five hours i've had the client tell yep. me that and i said so why did you hire me and we see these other side of things coming in, forgetfulness, not being able to drop weight, low motivation, like brain fog, relying on caffeine. I put a tweet out last last week. I don't know if you saw it. Um, and uh, one of my mates said, that one triggered me. I, like, I had to comment on that one. But it was that if you want to see how stressed your body is, try going a week without caffeine and see how you feel. I did see that one. Yeah. yeah and that's that's so, I don't have caffeine. Um, I used to, I still love coffee and I'd love there to be much more variation with decaf stuff, but 
I think when we normalize something like that as a drug to help us essentially borrow energy from tomorrow to fuel today, we start seeing seeing other issues coming coming along because like it's like plastering over a crack, which stress is causing. Yeah. Do you drink alcohol? No, but that's more. I don't like the taste of alcohol. Okay. So I see. I, I've I've very rarely drunk this year. What started off as dry January just kind of evolved, and I probably I don't know. I've had maybe more than five, but less than ten drinks all year. And I was sort of expecting this uh, I don't know like hallelujah moment where everything's going to be rosy and and I obviously I can't see internally and, and, and the rest of it and, and there's probably a lot of confirmation bias going on with a lot of stuff but I don't really feel like it's had any impact on me whatsoever well but is, it, could that be also because it's just again you're plastering over a crack analogy right it's when when a lot of people cut out alcohol then there's the lifestyle that goes with it going to the pub and stuff and then the extra food and things so they usually see the difference there so if you were only drinking alcohol at home but not actually um going out to the pub and then having takeaways or like social gatherings and stuff that sort of thing then you may not be cutting out the other stuff as well but with alcohol a lot of people use it for switching off and actually uh, there's a very good podcast from Andrew Huberman and he goes over a lot of studies. I don't know if you've heard of the Huberman lab, but yeah, yeah. it's like two hours long, this show, and it talks about alcohol and just straight up says that I want to tell you something good about alcohol for us to have it. Like, I want to, so it doesn't seem as biased, but there is no good reason for people to drink alcohol when we mm. actually look deeper into what it does to our body. If we are stressed, like it's adding stress calories wise it's it's empty calories and it's stressful for the body to burn them but so many people use it because they have a nightcap they use it to switch off and actually um when they actually get to sleep shall we say using that term very loosely with alcohol it's essentially been knocked out and i say i don't drink but when was it in june we went away to a caravan for a weekend. I don't have gluten because I react to get migraines. I thought, oh, I'll get some gluten-free beer, see if I actually like it. I had one out of the four bottles and I was like, I don't like it at all. And before yeah. that, must have been must have been 2020, I had like a cocktail uh, for my wife's birthday. Uh, we went out and they gave us these free cocktail vouchers because it was her birthday. We went to a hotel and I was like, oh, this would be nice if it didn't have rum in it. It was like, pina colada or something like i I love like the pineapple stuff or the coconut whatever it was and it's just the taste more than anything but a lot of people again it's in moderation i don't want to say that with clients they never have caffeine they never have alcohol it's not like i'm never going to have caffeine again it's Mm. occasionally you'll have it but if i'm needing pre-workout for every single workout that i do if i'm needing coffee to wake myself up and feel human in the morning something else is going on and the same with alcohol, like it's in our system for a long while. Caffeine is something which is in our system for half-life of like five to 12 hours, basically meaning yeah. that if you had an Americano, it depends on the person for how quickly they metabolize it. Americano at like midday, you still going to have half of that in your system when you go to bed. Like, would you normally drink half an yeah. Americano 
before you go to bed and expect to sleep right. You're not going to. Uh, so with alcohol, I think like with you, what probably happened is that sometimes like it's not necessarily that that's causing the issue, but we also have yeah. other issues as well. So alcohol will massively impact something called methylation, which is responsible for around 200 different processes in and around our liver, which basically converts okay. different vitamins and, and things from inactive to active and then to be able to detoxify them. So if there's something else going on there, yes, we took this thing which has been triggering like not being able to do it, but we still can't methylate. So we have to do some like right. cellular support to help our body function better uh, and to look at what else is. And this is me just like thinking outside the box, just guessing here, because obviously you just said cut alcohol and yeah, didn't yeah, know it's yeah, any different. So um, it's worth diving in a bit deeper with that. Yeah, I might do. One, one thing that's crossed my mind, so... I'm kind of interested in all this stuff and you haven't used the term biohacking. No. Is there a reason you've not used that term or is just, well, yeah, is there a reason? Because that was going to be your answer to number seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, I know like with, with Pretend biohacking, I didn't ask no, that question. And... I've got another answer as well. Um, but with biohacking, I find that I know some, some very, very intelligent people in the biohacking world who do speak some good knowledge. But I find with yep. biohacking and what people term as biohacking is a lot of way yep. of overcomplicating the basic stuff. And like we'll go for these nootropics, we'll go for these red light therapy, we'll go for the cold water dips and all these different things like deeper supplements before we've built these foundations. Now, yep. one of the things that uh, I actually switched the, the picture of Jordan was a picture of Everest here, but then I looked into Feng okay. Shui and it was like having a, a mountain wasn't good Feng Shui behind you in an office or something like that. If someone wants to correct me, then I, I do like Everest. So I'll put the picture back, but I use an analogy of Everest when it comes to health. And I think biohacking is basically trying to summit the mountain before we've acclimatized for a lot of people. Okay. Like if you have done like the 95%, then do that 5%, the biohacking. Like it's a lot yeah. of overcomplicated stuff. And there are, there are three phases that we get when it comes to health. And the first phase, which is basically working on routine, get a little bit of movement in and focus on a diet of whole foods. That's going to get probably about 60, 75% of the results. Say, say 75% yeah. of the results. Then the second phase is like, let's get a little bit more into meal timings, intermittent fasting maybe, or if you can do that, if it's not stressful on the body, if you've got good blood glucose management, maybe the right supplementation, testing your glucose and all these different things. Like that's going to get you another 20, 25%, maybe 30%, say 30%. So now we're at 95%. Then that 5% is where like we really get into the nitty gritty of, well, actually... I can actually have these nootropics to focus a little bit better. And again, is that yep. your body should be doing that anyway? And, oh, I can change my state a bit more. I, I can sleep a bit deeper. And, and a lot of times with biohacking, it's just chasing the dopamine, chasing this neurotransmitter. And we eventually want more and more and more because we're just burning through more dopamine. And okay. a lot of people can notice so much difference so 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 much difference by doing those first two stages first but the problem is stage one definitely isn't and stage two isn't really 
sexy to talk about on social media. But saying you're jumping into an ice bath every single day is like, that's not a normal thing. Now, I have cold showers. I'm not going to say every day because I never do anything every single day. I have done every day for the last couple of months, but most days I have cold showers, like 30 seconds, 40 seconds under a cold shower, like wakes me up nicely. It helps with the cortisol release, but I have to do the other stuff first for those cold showers to have a real actual impact. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like it is something like biohacking has its place. As I say, I know some real great people when it comes to biohacking. There's a guy called Tim uh, Biohacker on, on Instagram, uh, Tim Gray, yeah. like, and like, I've been to events with him, had some good chats with him. Like, he knows his stuff. And I would recommend following him. But what a lot of people see with biohacking is that there's all this fancy stuff what gives us this stuff to shout about on social media. Do the foundations first. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated most of the time. No. And it's a bit like diet as well, isn't it? It's the same with all the people who push diet stuff. You know, again, yeah, you do keto, you do all this, but 99 times out of 100, just getting the basics right of diet will sort out your um, issues, right? But yeah, like I will usually, like not straight away, but I will usually get people to test their blood glucose levels, like a prick of the finger or a constant glucose meter. We don't need to necessarily straight away. Because mm. I have such a deep questionnaire. It's about, I think it's about like 150 or 200 questions like deep, this questionnaire. We're talking about loads of things like sleep habits. Some questions are repeated in different sections. Like tells us a lot about what's going on in the body. So from there, it's not yeah. medical diagnosis, but I can see what we need to do. And some of the time, it's just simply that we need to just eat regularly and have protein with each meal because it's going to help stabilize our blood glucose levels. We don't need to know a number to know someone's blood glucose is off. So no. why test it? Same with keto and stuff. Like keto might have its place. And for a lot of people, like I go very low carbs most of the time. I don't go ketogenic, but it might have its place, especially for brain function. It's been shown very in, in a lot of studies that it's very good for brain function. And it, it's been shown to have some some good levels of benefits for like ADHD and, and autism um asperger's and that side of things same same with gluten-free okay. like those things have been shown to have some good impact if someone's got an autoimmune condition that that i would not recommend someone who's got an autoimmune condition to have gluten because of the science that shows that that really really can flare up autoimmune conditions and it's not okay. like guessing work there's actual studies that show this trouble with gluten as well um is that when we have a test for celiac, I'm not celiac, but I'm intolerant to gluten. So if I went to a right. doctor, they would tell me gluten's fine because their tests on the NHS test for a thing called transglutamase 2, but there's okay. also TG3s and 6s. So TG2s, there's, there's loads of different TGs, numbers, transglutaminase. TG2 is in the gut. So gluten reacts to TG2 in the gut. Not everyone who reacts to gluten gets that. I get migraines no. if I have gluten. And it's usually a day or two afterwards. So to link that becomes quite hard if people are having different stuff. But that's where TG, I think it's three or four, can't remember the actual number, is with your brain. And TG6 is with, with the skin. So people getting flare-ups of eczema and things. People don't link it with gluten because the doctor said that you're not celiac because you didn't have, have that test. So again, 
gluten-free is another thing i'd love to have gluten all the time well not all the time but like it'd be great <sighs> to go to a restaurant and not have to stress about like oh there's gluten in that or have something a little bit different for dessert um places are getting better but just because something's gluten-free doesn't make it healthy same with veganism same like same with keto like all these different things i'm a big believer in finding a bit of each thing which works for you and then yeah. like make your own version of it no me too it kind of going back to what you're talking about social media is like a lot of people don't like to push that message don't it? it's no. like you have to be one or the other you have to be v I, I, yeah and i never really understood that but uh, you know you don't have to be rocket scientists to work out that every diet doesn't sit right with every person it's yeah. just yeah it's kind of mad okay so you're on this mission to de-stress the world's population yep. through all these different activities what what was it when you were a kid what did you want to be donatello the ninja turtle did you um <laughs> i've always had this kind of uh i don't know what i really wanted to be i liked music and I loved playing the computer. So if I went back now, so I always say to my mum that there's people making millions of pounds. How, how old are you? I'm 36. Okay. So, um, like, I remember like when the first PlayStation came out, Mega Drives and, and stuff like that. And I remember yeah. like, I would just always play it and, and would be unbeatable on things like Pro Evolution Soccer and stuff. And I remember saying to my mum like a few years ago, I was like, look, they're making millions, but you told me to get a proper job. Yeah. Like I'd be like eSport number one player. Uh, like now I don't play as much, but I still like, I get frustrated playing like FIFA online now, losing to like a 10 year old. I was that 10 year old that was beating everyone. Uh, yeah. So I think that I would want, if I knew that that would have been a thing, I probably would have pushed more to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really know specifically what it was that I wanted to be. Apart from always like in the turtles, it was always Donatello like, or dressing up as like a knight or something like that. So I wanted to save something. So maybe that was what it was. I wanted to save people. Yeah. Well, what did you want to be? Foot footballer. Oh yeah. I mean, like you, I I look back on the days where I was playing like Tony Hawk skateboarding and, oh, that was and awesome. FIFA. Like, and I think about the amount of hours I put into that over my sort of teenage years and weirdly i was chatting to a guy i used to work with and his son is a streamer on twitch oh cool this kid's like i think he said he's 14 13 or 14 and he said yeah he's putting in a grand a grand a week yeah <laughs> i was like that's what? amazing right like the money there like one of my clients has got eight million followers on youtube and like i don't know what the actual amount is but she's basically been a millionaire from following followers on youtube from not putting out like when people have influencers and they um endorse something but from yeah. the views and from then selling courses off the back of it like 14 15 year olds like there's so oh, much amazing, potential like, so much potential oh yeah like there's, there's netflix documentaries on i think it was amazon or something like the world's fastest driver uh, and it was like esport an esports one and then people actually got an actual contract in a proper car from driving on esports and then crossing it over. Something on Amazon, there's like two seasons of it. First one was like complete simulators and stuff. But okay. they got like a contract with McLaren to actually um, 
to drive. And like, like, this is one of the things I've said to my wife. I'm like, right, next time I pull out this great client, I want a simulator. Don't know where it's going to go, but I think I might get a divorce (laughs) if it goes smack back in the middle of the living room. But I might have to give up my my turbo trainer and my bike to actually like, I just want one of those, like I've had a steering wheel before, but like if I actually got one of the proper chairs and the pedals and everything, like that would be kind of cool. And the monitors that go all the way around, oh, like yeah. the three sixty view. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, something you just, something you just said there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, against my better judgment, I'm gonna float back to question one quickly because something you just said triggered something in my mind. Then you're talking about kids and stuff. How many of your clients have got kids? Pretty much all of them. Okay. And I can't think of a better way to ask this question, but how much of a stressor are kids? I know the I mean, I've got two kids, but so I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know what my answer is. But I've got I've got two beagles, so I've not got kids. But looking after my niece and nephew can can be stressful. Um, I don't look after them loads, but from looking after kids, like from a first-hand perspective, I know it can be stressful. But yeah. what I do know is that many people can do a lot better, and I, I don't want to say that in a way that oh, well, he's not got kids. He he doesn't know what he's talking about. As in like, I know clients that have really, really great sleep. Okay, like maybe not like when the baby's first born and this does depend a lot on whether the kid sleeps through the night and so on, but they actually can really help themselves with their health. And okay. they don't have to be really overweight. They don't have to be not doing anything. It's all about what we truly want. I was actually having a conversation with my mate who I've known since since school. I was actually in class with his with his younger brother. He's like two, three years older than me, two years older than me. So he's 38 and he's got two girls. And we were saying like now it gets to that point where we start to really appreciate our bodies more. As in yeah. like now getting into our late 30s, and then people going into their 40s. We can see when we look at people we went to school with, like who has started to take care of themselves and who hasn't. And yeah. like he's not got a dad bod at all. He's in really great shape. But then he does say that he was in his 20s when his girls were, were first born. But I do know like people that, as I say, that run multi-million pound businesses. I've had them as clients that have babies and, and toddlers and still manage to help themselves without being kind of ignorant to the needs that, that the kids have. Like they can still get some movement in, they can still get workouts in. And I think one one of the yeah. big things we look at is that, uh, remember I said about those three stages of what we do, like smashing, like, I don't know if you've heard of 75 hard, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna do two workouts for 75 yeah, days, yeah. like, no cheap meals, read a book, drink the water and all this sort of thing. Like the people that I see that are most successful aren't going to do a 75 hard challenge because that's not realistic for them. They are the ones that are going to say, okay, I'm going to map out an hour twice a week to get to the gym and do a whole body workout. I know that I've got to eat. So therefore I might order meals in or we have like, my kids have to eat. So if I eat healthy, I'm inspiring them. And so many times I've actually said, I've seen it with clients that like, oh, my son now wants to eat broccoli. Like, 
or, or vegetables, whatever it is. And so many times yeah. we see kids that like when I see my niece and nephew, they are so much like a mirror image of like a spitting image of my sister, my brother-in-law with the things they say, the habits they have that they pick things up. It's a sponge. Yeah. Man. They just absorb it all. Yeah. Therefore, we use all these excuses to not be healthy, like drinking loads of alcohol or having loads of takeaways and stuff. And then we wonder why the kids always want McDonald's. And so that might trigger quite a few people, but I'm saying that from working with many people doesn't even require working with me to do it. It just requires like, okay, what's the minimum I can do Googling it having a look at like what healthy, actually probably don't Google healthy food because you get so many different things come up and then you'll start getting <laughs> um, ads targeted to you on Facebook and things. But just simply eating yeah. whole foods, uh, like single ingredient foods and getting protein with each meal. Like if we were to simplify things, like that's easy for anyone to do because anyone has to eat. Like have some fish, have some steak, have some mince, like bolognese or something like it doesn't take long to cook these things. No. And like a lot of the times we use things as an excuse. And that's one of the things people do. I see a lot of the times that, as I said, with that 75 hard is that people say, they come to me and say, I, I want to work out five times a week. Okay. Well, Chris, you want to work out five times a week. How many you've been working out now? One, none. Okay. You've not been working out at all. Do so you want to go to zero yeah. to five times? Yeah, I'm committed. I'm going to do it. Three weeks down the line, they're like, oh, I miss my workouts. Not done any. Yeah. And we make it okay because we can't do five sessions. We justify in our head that it's okay to do none. Like that failure is okay. When in reality, yeah. a win could be simply getting 6,000 steps in a day. Like checking your Apple Watch, checking your Fitbit, whatever it is, seeing where you're at and then push a little bit further. That win could be yeah. that you park further away when you go shopping. But could just be that you're simply just eating a little bit healthier like stop trying to do everything when doing a small bit one single day at a time is going to be more beneficial for you and it does take longer that way well actually no it doesn't take longer people see that it takes longer but they actually get results what takes longer yeah. is stop starting and going backwards so many times you go two steps forward and actually three steps back because you're falling off the diet you think you can't do it you fall off on a Wednesday. You don't start until next Monday or next month or next year. Yeah. So like it, it, re it resonates a lot. A friend of mine, he was like, oh, I really want what I, he, he kind of, he wasn't a PT, but he was talking about, he goes, what I really want to do is develop a, a 12 month training course. Yeah. And to exactly to your point, he wanted to do it because he goes, all these 12 week ones, he goes, they're just ridiculous because they're so, like, even when people complete them, they're so intense that they actually just fall off the other end just anyway. Stress. Because, they can't keep it up. Yeah. And he said, like, he goes, I wish people would just do like 12 month things where they gradually change things over time and build up to it rather than going hell for leather and just failing. He said, but to quote your thing earlier, he goes, it's not sexy on social media, right? No one wants to sign up for a 12 month yeah. plan. And this is where, like, when I work with people that um, have a minimum agreement of six months, they could pay monthly, have like cheaper for a year or cheaper for six months, but like a minimum agreement of six months and people are, oh, I just mm. want to drop the weight. I said, yeah, but I'm not going to get you to drop the weight and then put it straight back on again. And I think like no, I, well, exactly. I have people like 
and I used to do like three months minimum and so on. And I don't want to renew. I've done well. I've dropped the weight. I've got the habits. And then they go straight back to where they were. Come back to you a month later, do they? Well, they come back about six months later and they've put on 50 pounds. Well, why don't you come back when you'd put on 10 pounds? But it's our male ego. Um, I work with women as well, but I find it more with the guys where they're like, actually, I do need Ollie, but I'm going to try and do this, this and that. So, so what have you tried in the process? Probably 75 hard. And like, it's all those things over and over. That it's a thing of accountability. Like one of my clients, uh, I'm speaking at his event in Miami. He's been a client since 2015. And it's accountability. We do different projects when it comes to, he's building his business as an entrepreneur, as a coach as well. Um, He'll do half marathons, marathons, Navy SEALs tests, like not like the strict, like, going into an actual test and thing but seeing what their pft tests are uh yeah. and it's the accountability he, he likes and to check in and ask questions when he's got questions and he's become like yeah. one of my best mates as a result but it's this long term this investment in accountability and advice i've had coaches in all different areas i've still got someone that i look up to in health coaching that is one of my mentors that if i have a question about my body i'll know the answer but i'll just go just get a third person another person's perspective from him um and i I truly think that like i don't know we we can do more with realizing the power of accountability in all areas agreed agreed how how does that i kind of really conscious of your time here but how does the reverse of accountability go though when people know they're not doing what they should be doing and therefore actually don't want you to, don't want to tell you because you, you're almost that authority figure that they go oh shit i can't i can't be honest with you like she's going to call me out on it and therefore just ghost you or i don't know whatever people have to be ready to change and i i always say there's this thing that my mentors actually talk called the ara method and it's awareness responsibility action but too many people go okay. from awareness to action without taking responsibility for it. Now, okay. I'm responsible for every single thing that happens in my life. You're responsible for the things that happen in your life. And when yeah. I say to people is that like, I've been through trauma growing up. I've had to deal with that and my PTSD from that and all different things, eating disorder, overtraining with bodybuilding, or like extremes of basically rupturing both Achilles, like extreme stuff. Now, it's not our responsibility for the things that have happened in the past, but it is our responsibility now for how we deal with that going forward. Like yeah. my dad died. My dad died when I was 15. He had a stroke. He was 47 years old. He went into hospital. He was stressed out with a migraine. He used to get migraines a lot and went into hospital, not overweight, didn't drink very much on the Monday on the migraine. And we had to turn off his life support on, on the Saturday. Now I took a lot of, time it took a lot of time and i had to heal from that now yeah. that is one of the reasons if not the actual 100 reason i do what i do i don't want another 15 year old to lose their parent if i can help it not not before their actual time and yeah i think that i'm not responsible for my dad dying but yeah. i'm responsible now if i want to get upset about that and, and just like hide away about it feel depressed it's like 21 years ago coming up to 22 years ago and so I choose now to move forward from it and it's the same like and it sounds harsh with like I had a client that had had been sexually abused and it's a case of that 
like she had to take responsibility now to move forward with that. It wasn't her yeah. fault that she'd been through like the crap that she'd been through. Like how anyone can do that to someone, I don't know. Like some something's gone wrong in, in their head. Like, and it's how they've grown up and we look at parenting and things. But we can feel sorry for ourselves with the these side of things. And there's going to be a period of it. Don't get me wrong, like if someone dies, that there's a period of mourning. Like I'm not being really yeah. kind of uh emotionless, like and just saying that you just gotta get on with it. Like have this period and then be like, okay, I'm gonna move forward now. Because no doubt that yeah. person wouldn't want you to be like that. And it's the same with taking responsibility. Like if I've got a problem, but like I feel really good in my body now. I feel better than when I was completely shredded when I was bodybuilding because I'm just focused on health rather than just fitness. But yeah. uh, when I got married in 2016, I was working with endurance athletes and got overweight. I was a nutritionist for a guy that had just been in the Tour de France, someone in the 2016 Olympics, Ultraman world champion. I was just at the top of working with uh, pro athletes, endurance athletes. But I'd ruptured both of my Achilles and I was getting frustrated with not being able to train properly and got a bit overweight. And then we were planning for our wedding. And like when people like go for a wedding, that should be enough motivation to drop weight. But yeah. it wasn't until I saw the proofs for our wedding photos and was like, geez, like I've got like a football face. I'm really bloated <laughs> and like I can't do anything about it. Like, I've got those photos. And then um, we watched Deadpool, like the first Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds when he's just completely shredded. And my wife was like, yeah. oh, he's hot. It was then. Like that moment, I was like, no, like <laughs> F this, I'm going to do something about it. And I dropped like 40 pounds between my 30th birthday and our 21st of May to my wife's birthday on the 26th of September. It was when we went on honeymoon. And um, well, it was actually the 22nd of, of May because uh, my wife had got me like it's 30th birthday is when the FA Cup final was and she got me surprise tickets, which was kind of cool. But oh, nice. it, we take that trigger to actually do something about it. And so many people will invest and not do anything about it. People have to be ready. Yeah. One of the questions I ask people is why? Why now? Because you could have done this before. Like we have to be ready to move forward. If not, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to be frustrated. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes I will get it wrong with clients with understanding their readiness levels. And maybe they do ghost me. It doesn't happen often. Is, it, is, is there a trigger that's more popular than others? I think for guys, it's your wife saying that they're overweight, you're overweight or something. Okay. Like rather than like, because I think like the dad bod has been normalized a lot more nowadays. Like it's, it's kind of more rare to be in better shape than the dad bod. But yeah, I don't know. Like I always think back. The thing, to, is, a, the thing is a, a dad bod, sorry, sorry. Yeah. A dad bod is very easy to get. Yeah. Right. And not only is it easy to get, but it's almost if we assume a dad body is unhealthy, it's kind of it's like it's very normalized having a dead a dad bod, right? Being overweight and it's is normalized, normalized by the fact that all the all the the way you eat, the the products that are shoved down your throat in adverts every, you know, might be fast food, it might be beer, it might be whatever. And it's kind of weird that it's almost I have to explain this. It's weird that it's so society approves of this as a, oh, you know, it's a normal thing. Yeah. 
but it kind of shouldn't be, right? I think because that could offend someone if we said it, it wasn't normal. It's common, but it isn't normal. And this is the same, like, when, when we talk about people that are really obese. Now, mm. I've been really obese, and I dropped, like, 100 pounds when I got into fitness. And I remember not even being able to get to the end of my driveway without needing my inhaler, just walking there. I was really out of shape. And we're seeing now that people are saying that being obese is healthy. It's not. There's nothing healthy about being obese. You do not have to be ashamed about being obese. It's not saying you can't be happy about being obese. But you do not, at any point, is it healthy? It puts a lot of strain on the body. It puts a lot of strain on the system. Just like when people are bodybuilding and being ridiculously heavy, that puts a lot of strain on the system, on the vital organs. So don't get me wrong. Just like when people are severely underweight, that puts a lot of strain on the body. But this world where we're kind of normalizing being severely overweight, where we're seeing adverts for Calvin Klein's where like there's really overweight man and woman. And like, I don't know why, but he's got like a bra on. Have you seen that one? Because <laughs> he's that overweight. Like, okay, we want to be inclusive. And there's a lot more people for them to to market to than there there were before, but to yeah. see it on front of magazines that I'm overweight and I'm healthy, like if you look at health markers, if you look at blood glucose levels, like high levels of blood glucose, if you look at um, fatty liver, like all different things, you look at visceral fat levels, their internal fat levels. There's a lot of strain yeah. going on, and. It, just a caveat that as well like i was reading the other day funny enough so it's not just about being big like that's also a big issue for thin people right yeah. was it called um thin on the outside fat on the inside or something yeah. toffee toffee like yeah. you, you get like fat fat around your organs your visceral fat your internal fat levels that's it yeah like where people have this high stress lifestyle then have loads of like their their breakfast is like a smoothie from starbucks or something or like uh, like sugary coffee and stuff like as i say there, there's nothing wrong for people to be overweight in my opinion everyone has their own opinion in my honest opinion is that if you want to be overweight then great like knock yourself out be overweight right uh, mm. but don't try and say it's healthy no. like, and definitely we've seen a lot of the there, there's been a lot of information come out people say it's false information but it's not when you actually look at the studies and you look at the people behind the studies and you look at um, who's funded the studies that one of the biggest reasons for high levels of death rates and, and severity in COVID was down to obesity. But we yeah. weren't allowed to say that. Even like the prime minister at the time came out and said that he wouldn't have been because he got quite severe with COVID, didn't he? And like he came out and said that he would not have been in as bad a state if he wasn't as overweight as he was at the time. No. So, but I don't know, like, I prob- probably like, ho- hopefully I didn't make you lose some subscribers with this. Maybe I'll lose some <laughs> followers, but like, it, it is something which like, I'm here to support people. And uh, I absolutely yeah. do support people. If they're overweight and they're happy being overweight, truly happy, then great. Like, I know that, when I was overweight and really overweight in 2016, I was not happy. Did not like looking at myself in the mirror. Like it wasn't a nice place for me to be in. So for me, I can't be overweight and happy because I choose not to I, be. 
I've been there, man. I I very I got a very similar story to you. It wasn't wedding related, but it was seeing my photos, and I was just like. I don't even recognize that guy anymore. Yeah. Like, I've always been quite a slim person. My whole life I've been quite slim. And I, I got up to about 14 and a bit stone or something, which on my frame is a lot. Yeah. And I, was like, I just looked at my, I can't remember what, I can't remember what the picture was, but a similar trigger to you. I was like, I just don't even recognize myself. And yeah, I, I went on a similar journey to you. And funnily enough, I'll draw a line under this topic because I, we've got lots of questions yeah. to ask, but I will draw a line under this by telling you, it's funny you mentioned Deadpool because I had a picture of Ryan Reynolds framed to my, um, on my bathroom mirror. <laughs> well, we need these like reminders, right? We need the, exactly. these things to say like, it's all about like manifest. I, I love like law of attraction and manifest and stuff like, um, and there's been times where things that I've, I've just, something's just come in and it's just like, the season tickets for Norwich. I wanted halfway line tickets to buy my stepdad for his 60th birthday. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to get these. I'm going to get them. His 60th birthday's next month. But I wanted to give them to him for Father's Day, birthday, and Christmas. And like, he's looked after me since I was like, since my dad died, basically. Um, okay. It took a while for me to get him on board to actually truly see him as a father figure. But he's, he's done, done a lot of good. And... I'm there. Like, I want these tickets. I'm going to get these tickets. And then I ring up. Like I was on the waiting list. I don't know how there's a waiting list for Norwich City season tickets. That's just what us Norfolk folk are like. Um, and they said, oh, there's there's some, like in one of the ends, like you're going to struggle to get two together near the halfway line. Like, oh, are you sure? Like, can you just check again? Like, Actually, there's two that have just come up. Like literally there and then when I'm on the phone and they're six rows back on the halfway line. If they were closer, then that little raise of the pitch would be too low. Yeah, like, it's just at the perfect amount where we don't get wet if it rains. Like, and like, I don't understand how that stuff happens. Well, it's like I can't remember. I think it was before we started recording. We were talking about serendipity. Yeah, wasn't it? Or like maybe we just started. I can't yeah. remember. But yeah, man, it's it's amazing how many little things like that happen throughout your life. If yeah, I don't understand how it happens either. Yeah, but it just happens. I have similar stories where. <laughs> things that shouldn't happen happen but yeah anyway ryan reynolds inspiration for all um tell me something that not many people know about you that i feel a bit of a fraud saying it right now because i've packed all the stuff away but produced music and used to rap i actually went to music college so what i wanted to be is, is when i grew up like but it was like in my teens and at school was a rapper and a producer and dj Okay. And then I realized that it wouldn't pay the bills. So I ended up going to uh, work in the gym and then realized that wouldn't pay the bills. Okay. <laughs> and then went, went to insurance and then uh, ended up back in health paying the bills um, yeah. in a good way, which is good. But yeah, like music, like there's there's stuff of mine. I took it up again, getting all the equipment during during lockdown. And music has been a massive, massive part of my life. I rapped at my wedding. Like My wife hadn't seen it and no one was knew about it. I wrote a, a song and performed that at the wedding. And yeah, so music, if you search O-J-A-Y, or OJ and then Do You Know Your Why on Spotify and stuff like that, you'll get the artist page. If you search OJ, then you get like the OJs, but I'm in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but it's on like Spotify and Who, Apple Music. Who's your inspiration? Um, one of the guys I love is Fabulous. Like my, my top four, like Fabulous, Ludacris. Jay Z and Eminem, so okay. Um, but then also in music, like 
I'm a massive Robbie Williams fan as well. Like my dad loved Robbie Williams. So it's like, I can't sing, but he's an inspiration with the way he lives his life. And uh, I think he's just been quite himself, it seems like over the years. Um, But yeah, like music is a massive part of me. How how far along the path did you get to actually going somewhere with it? Um, Well, I used to DJ in clubs here in Norwich. Uh, DJ before Jazzy Jeff. That was cool. Until like we're sitting in the back room and our mate was there and we're like, she's going to ask something stupid. And he's sitting there on (laughs) on his, like we're he's got a rapper, his MC, his skills. And I got him to do like a shout out for my mixtape, both of them Jazzy Jeff. So somewhere it's like, oh, this is DJ Jazzy Jeff. And you listen to OJ Productions, the future mixtape volume one. Get it. It's hot. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, But yeah, she we're sitting there and suddenly she's like, he pulls his head up and she's like, do you know Will Smith? Uh, no, Kendall. And like, do you know him well? Like, oh, that, this, Why would she that. say that? I don't know. She... Like, we're just sitting backstage with him afterwards. But um, I, I was in the same year as, as Ed Sheeran, which was kind of like, he went, obviously, he's done all right for himself, hasn't he? So he's got, yeah, got, a, got a few not, hits. Not too bad. Um, but he's an Ipswich fan, so... Like, it could be better. Oh, you went to what in the same year, same school? You mean? Well, we went to uh, access to music, and he was in a different college. But we were all supposed to go to British Academy of New Music. And as far okay. as I'm aware, he was supposed to be in the same year. But I end up being like, I think it was to do with the funding or something. I didn't because it was you had to live in London, and there wasn't like a proper student loan. Right. So okay. it was like a different way that it was funded because it wasn't like a government college or something so I had to get a career development loan which was different for paying it off and stuff but that was when I ended up um going into insurance and then not liking it and then going into fitness and then going back into insurance and then back into health and I'm not going back into insurance again no I can't say I blame you <laughs> for that um so apart from obviously almost being the next Ed Sheeran tell me about one of the other most pivotal moments in your life I think it had to be when my dad died like, because I didn't realize it at the time that that is what I do, what, why I do what I do now. So I um, okay. worked with a guy who was Taylor Swift's uh, first manager. And he said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I know what you do. I know what to do. I just need you to tell me to do it. Well, three, four months later, I was in his house in Nashville. We were doing a musician's health course, like all these plaques up with Taylor Swift. I, and I other, feel like I really need but, to, I feel like I really need to interrupt you there. How does that happen? I don't know. Like Facebook, like it was a referral and like he messaged me and I'm sitting there I, and I email, uh, I get a message through from Rick and he, he's a friend of mine now, Rick Barker and like done okay. some great videos and stuff. And he says, as I say, he messaged me. So I'm sick and tired of sick and uh, of being sick and tired and know what to do. I need you to tell me to do it. I remember those words these days. Googled him and like, the hell is Taylor Swift manager messaging me? Uh, it says former manager. He was her manager, launched her career when Kanye West jumped on the stage for about four or five years. And it's a very unhealthy lifestyle. So I got on a call. Two hours later, he signed up and committed for six months. We said, oh, it'd be great to do a musician's health course because he helps. He had someone that was in American Idol, Trent Harmon at the time. And he consulted for American Idol, a couple of Canadian talent shows and things. And... um yeah, I was in his kitchen and his son was there, daughter was there, 15-year-old daughter, 13-year-old son, his wife, um, 
Jill was there. Uh, I remember he said, look, I want you to give my wife back what she married when 10 years ago. Uh, okay. Like we're standing in his kitchen. He said, look, Ollie, I've dropped away. She's not, you've done it now. She's got what she married. And I was like, wow, like I'm standing there with a 15 year old with their dad. Who's three years older than my dad was when he died. This guy's yeah. been open about like his previous addiction, his previous like running through the law, like years and years and years ago, like, no drink, no alcohol, like all these things that he's had to get under control and now he's got his health under control. And yeah. um, that's one of, one of the things that was positive about the lockdown is that I reconnected with, with Rick. We had a, a room on Clubhouse every single weekday about 3 p.m. And it was the morning motivation hour because he was in Nashville. But that was kind of cool just to connect with him. And like, if I text him now, he'll text back. Like, it's, like this is the cool thing about like the people that I work with that, they become friends because you have such an impact in their life. Like if he's over in London, he'll ring to, me. Okay, we're going back to the question. So the pivotal moment is obviously your dad passing away. Yeah. So obviously working with guys like like that and you know changing their life, I suppose. Is that a result of obviously what you wanted to achieve because of your dad passing, or is it a byproduct? Like, was that what you were trying to set out to achieve or you did, did you know you were setting out to achieve that? I didn't know I was doing that. Like at first I got into fitness because I wanted to get more confidence and yeah. competing in bodybuilding. That gave me more anxiety and less confidence because I thought getting muscles would give me this. It was just a shell. I had to work on my mindset. And, yeah. and it wasn't until a few years back, like the stuff with Rick happened and working with multiple entrepreneurs and like a couple of guys like in their fifties that have young kids, like six years old, five years old and seeing the difference we can actually do with building our business to crazy levels. We turned yep. the phrase, your body is your business because without a successful, uh, without a sustainable body, you haven't got a sustainable or scalable business. And that made me realize that I didn't have someone like me there my dad didn't have someone like me so I could be there to stop it happen for other people so I don't know if that answers your question yeah I guess so were you, were you close with your dad yeah I mean him and my mum had split up when I was like seven six or seven uh so we only saw him at school holidays uh he used to run caravan parks like for haven and things like sales manager and then got headhunted for different parks so I do find like there's a bit of peace now when I, like we went to a caravan, as I said, in June, like we went a couple months ago and like going there, like I feel kind of chilled because I spent a lot of my summer holidays <sighs> like in a caravan, which like okay. it's nothing more peaceful to me when it's like absolutely chucking it down with rain and it's just like bashing down on the caravan. But yeah, I was close, I would say like, okay. um, but we didn't see him as much as we could. I actually done a, uh, went to a medium few weeks back and uh, my dad came through which was absolutely like i was just in tears and talking about how he's successful was talking about the business name that the medium hadn't didn't know anything about like oj being my business oj health and um yeah said a few different things you know like, oh how did the medium know this and he came through and said you are successful and that that was what he said that you're going to go on to do bigger things like in the health world but alongside like there's a Dan in New York and it's like what like the day before my client Danny 
who lives in New York had asked me to speak in Costa Rica. How, like, I don't know, if you're, if you're a skeptic about this stuff and then that sort of thing, like, I think it has to happen to you. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that made me just like double down on just making sure, like, hey, we're, we're taking this business to the next level. Wow. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's cool. <clears throat> okay. Uh, where are we up to? Tell me about, I kind of changed this question a little bit because it perplexes a few, but tell me some of the most, or one, if you know one particular lesson that stands out, great. But if not, some of the most valuable lessons you've learned over your, uh, over your life. I think just being me, because that's the only person I can be. It's not saying that I've never lied or anything like that. Everyone's done certain things, but trying to be authentic. Like when you go to see people for prolonged periods of time, like what you yeah. see here is me what you see when i'm speaking is me what you see if i'm opposite you at the dinner table is me if i'm next to you at the football like it's easy to get this kind of fake version of ourselves because of social media because we don't want people yes. to hear these things or those things but i've been vulnerable over the years i've, I've been myself i've talked about flaws I've, I've talked about like stuff i've done wrong stuff i've done right and most valuable thing has just been about, as I say, just being me because I can't be anyone else. And being comfortable with that, treating people like I think, well, treating people how I'd want to be treated myself. Yeah, someone else said a similar answer actually. And I was saying to them that it's kind of, as you get older, it's a lot easier to do, right? Because you just, you can't be bothered to put that facade on yeah. every day and I like you I, I'm I'm very much who you speak to now is who I am hasn't always been that way you kind of you know around different people you act differently sometimes but nowadays I just can't be bothered with it but they, they were saying about how it's just hard work like, oh yeah imagine I talk about talk about the stressor thing earlier right imagine if you're doing that 24 7 or constantly in front of different people how much impact that puts on your brain and yeah. Nothing bad thinking about really. I had an, another lesson actually in Colombia when we were talking about what I charged and actually doubled my my fees there and then, and signed someone up for like the most I'd, I'd signed up for in a year, and then someone for six months. And it was talking about your own value to this world and to these people. Like one person yeah. went from like seventy thousand dollar months, seeing the signs that she was burning out. She got a big business, and she burnt out and went down to like seven thousand dollar months not being able to pay her staff, looking at her son's bank account to try and get the money to pay her staff. Her landlord yeah. then decided he wanted to sell the house. So they had to find another place to live. She couldn't get a mortgage because she ignored those signs of burnout. And people look at this like health as an investment. Oh, I want to get a six pack or something like that. The valuable lesson for me as to what I do with people is that, yes, there's this short-term investment financially, which will be a big investment for some people, but their return off the back of that like when it actually comes through that like I was saying to someone like, if you work with me, how much more energy do you get? Probably about 10, 15%. Okay. Well, imagine like if you had 10, 15% extra in your business, how would that look? Okay. Now the investment doesn't look too bad. Right. And so yeah. it's value in yourself. If you're offering a service, don't just think it's telling people what to eat, working with their habits and their lifestyle for myself. Don't just think it's all these different things. Like 
the value I give someone is like, you can get a better connection with your partner. Your kids are going to look up to you so much more. They're going to start like being influenced you by so much. You can have so much more energy. Like, and even then, yeah. like us guys, we like that hit on the ego. Then you go to the gym and people are like, oh, what have you been doing? Or you go to see your mates you haven't seen for six months and they're like, what the hell have you done? Like, egotistical yeah. side of things and like everything that comes back of it. And I think like, it just comes down to valuing yourself. It doesn't have to be like me valuing my service, but valuing my own health. Like, it's a big lesson there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the people if you read anything to do with sales or anything like that, it's it's kind of the same thing, right? What problem you're trying to solve. And if you can get people to t- tell you that problem and you can show them that you can solve it and then all of a sudden it's like that value add is there, right? Yeah. And that value proposition really makes sense. Like actually in in a cold light of day when someone says it's X, this amount of money, you're like, oh shit, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But actually when you start getting and thinking about it, um, the ROI on that, then yeah, I guess it's, that's the game changer, isn't it? Yeah. And it's hard to get through that ROI with a lot of people purely because they've failed so much when it comes to their health stuff in the past. And yeah. some of it is also down to them. Like I, I can guarantee that because of where I am with knowing exactly where someone stresses from my onboarding process, if they do everything I say, they will get to, like, I won't take someone on board if I don't feel I can get them where they need to be. And it's taken a while to get there, but I have the, the tools to do that but they still have to do it. So they also still have to be this belief they're going to do it themselves. But you're also, yeah. And you're also battling against all the charlatans yeah. out there and all the, the, the get rich quick and get fit quick schemes, right? Because that's, they're the ones who are kind of denting your reputation without you even knowing about it yeah. or, or able to stop it. Right. And this is one of the reasons I love video testimonials. I do have some transformation pitches, but there's so much like in a transformation picture that just goes beyond like what someone looks like. You don't know what someone's gone through. I had this guy last year worked for about six months and went from like 19 stone and then he's carried on. So he went from like 19 stone to about 13 stone. And now he's at like 11 stone and, um, I only know it in stone because that's what he's been giving me the, the readings. But if people are listening, that's 14 pounds in, in a stone. So like he's dropped a hell of a lot, but, his marriage is back on track. He was going to have to have his business go bankrupt. Like it's back now, like successful. It's hard, like hard for me to book it. I want to get some of the, I won't say his service because people around here will know who it is, but I want to book in to use some of his service. And it's hard because he's that busy again. He's got that confidence back in himself. He's taking his kids out. Like it's people underestimate these extra things. Yeah. Like he put a picture of himself topless on, on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, and that now I know that he's confident because he would never do that before. That's good. It's great. Confidence is everything, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Yes. Um, okay. Superpowers. I believe everyone's got one, or at least one. What would you say is yours? On that note, actually, does Batman have a superpower? Because there's this thing about you, Batman or Superman. Are you Batman? No. Um, <laughs> I, I was always Superman. I think I think he has. So, I think, I think he has. Yeah, like when you actually look at, there was this debate about, oh, Superman is an alien, but Batman's just a human. But I think his discipline is one of his superpowers. And I think like my superpower is just that knowing, is connecting with someone and knowing where they are stress-wise. So I can, okay. I can sense a bit of energy side of things. Like one of my 
best mates. We've been mates since sixth form. And she can sense when I'm feeling a bit low. I can sense when she's feeling a bit low. We live like 30 miles apart. We'll WhatsApp each other. Like we've got that kind of sixth sense side of things. And I think like one of my superpowers is being able to connect with a client and speak to them about the right thing at the right time. So like, I spoke with someone earlier who had a problem with binging and purging. And like before that, someone with epilepsy who had a previous kind of destructive patterns that were going on. Before that, someone that had a lot of weight to lose. Like yeah. when I went to that medium and he said, oh, you're, you've been healing for a while. He said, how do you do what you do? I said, I don't know. I just do it. Yeah, I've got the certificates. I've got the insurance. Let's, let's get that clear. But how I remember the things I remember from the courses that I've done at the times I do it, it just comes through. And I feel that that, like knowing where someone's stress levels are at and how to get them nudging forward to get them from A to Z, but we have to go to B, C, D. I just want to get them nudged forward a little bit each time. And that's truly yeah. where my superpower is. It's a good superpower. I like it. I think Batman's got a superpower. Yeah, I think, I think it's I, not the normal one. It has ones. to, right? Is it the, it's got to be belief, right? It's not yeah. confidence, belief. Well, if you've like, got like this bulletproof armor, you've got to believe that that's going to stop the bullets coming through. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the last well, one, you, though. Uh, that, that's the pattern. Yeah, I'd right? like him to bring Ben Affleck yeah. back properly. I really? I'm all, I'm Christian, Christian Bale, Bale was my favorite one, but I, I wanted Ben Affleck to like have have another couple of films who knows yeah who knows can't see it anymore nah. it's uh j-lo lock him down exactly um i know you kind of said earlier so i don't know if you want to talk about it again but what topic is guaranteed to get you on your soapbox well one of the things i would say that other than what we said about biohacking is people saying as simple as calories in versus calories out and if people say that they don't understand biologically how the body works and how it responds to stress and the stress respect, the response that it should be calories in versus calories out, basic mathematics to lose weight should be. If yeah. our body is functioning effectively, it's exactly that. But it's hard for people to then follow a diet when they're already stressed out and we're putting less fuel in that they need. They get more stress, they get more cravings. Cortisol levels go higher. They get more water retention because their their kidneys are going to be stress levels are high. Their kidneys are going to release more water to get more blood flow, uh, and so many things that go on with that. And it used to frustrate me so much when I was just PTing, which is one of the reasons I don't PT anymore. I do my online stuff as a qualified nutrition uh, therapist, qualified in functional medicine. Yeah. That I'm now I'm, I'm now insured to give out diet plans, but I don't, and people that aren't insured are giving out these diet plans saying just eat less or eat more or if it fits your macros and not wanting to be an issue with with gluten or anything like that when there is like i've done a post a while back i think i've done a video on it that if something makes you feel bloated stop eating it because there was a post that i saw that said this is my belly when waking up flat belly for this woman and this is my after mm. breakfast it's normal to be bloated no it's not it's common because people don't link this with food and stress. But if you're having a food which makes you look four or five months pregnant, two hours after eating it, maybe we should stop eating that food. And it's it's like, I would love it to be as simple as calories in versus calories out for everyone. Okay, let me ask you a question then. Yeah. 
are you talking about someone particular when you say the calories in versus calories out? No, I, I just think a lot of... The reason I ask that is because there's someone who's very on social media at the moment who is punting that message out pretty heavily. I, I mean, I wish it was as, as simple as that. I think I know who you mean. Um, but, but what I was going to say was, so everything you said to me so far has been pretty logical, yeah. right? And I, on the most, agree with everything you said. Yeah. Going back to exactly what you said earlier about the whole social, um, sexy for social. I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, everything you said makes sense, seems logical. How do you grow your audience and get that message out to everyone without that almost controversial side of I think because if it's the person thing. that I think it is, one of the ways that they've grown their audience is by going against so many people. And yes. um, I don't like but that his mentality. message on the whole his is calories. And it's a good message to have for a lot of people because right? a lot of people that will help them, but they'll get to a point where they're, they're stuck as such. And if we yep. feel less in a not chronically stressed body, and move more, burn more calories than we're taking in, we're going to lose weight. Composition of that food is going to depend whether it's muscle, whether it's going to depend if it's fat, water weight, glycogen yeah. stores, and so on. But it's what happens when we go on that deficit, which causes stress in the body. And my goal is to get someone, like, don't get me wrong, people will eat this and, and drop weight when I work with them. But sometimes we see these people that are absolutely doing it, and they're thinking their body doesn't work. Some of them aren't tracking their calories right. I get that. Some of them aren't. Yeah. But some of them are so stressed that their water retention is that high. And, okay, this goes on to the tracking the calories bit as well. Like, their metabolism has slowed down quite a bit. So they have to eat less and less and less. Again, it still goes, yeah. my, my light's going a bit funny. Let me just flick that off. Um. But then if that then impacts their sleep, like their ability to go on lower calories gets very impeded yep. because their sleep is less and so on. So the higher stress levels. So what happens eventually is that they just fall off and they think their body is broken. But if we, like if they've, they've got underactive thyroid or anything like that, around 99% of the people that have underactive thyroids, there's nothing wrong with their thyroid. It's the signaling and stress response in the brain that is signaling the thyroid uh, okay. and their gut health and things like that. And so, yeah, I think like calories in versus calories out. It's not as simple as that, but it should be. Does that make sense? But I guess, yeah, no, it makes total sense. But I guess it's when you're trying to reach more people. Oh, yeah. Like we want to make it simple when we want to reach more people. But then yeah. again, like we could we could then argue that I've just said oh, what I've said has been shooting myself in the foot because I've said calories in, calories out makes it more stressful. So then they fall off a diet. So then it's, they're actually eating more calories than you think. But yeah, yeah. Like, again, it's stress on the body and no, ability what, what, to follow. But what you're what you're saying is it's more nuanced, right? Yeah. Than just that. Like, and I think about I'm not that person. Like one of the things I've said I'm gonna do more is actually 
stand up for the theories that I believe in more. Yeah. Not in a, oh shit, I'm searching for conflict and stuff in a way that I'm actually putting out advice that will help people. Uh, but I, it, it yeah. wasn't for that, that person. If it is that person, it, it was just some, some person that I'd seen a few times and they'd reposted it on social media. It, it was a, it was a woman, but with the bloated side of things, but I think there's just way more to health. I think, I think that's how we differentiate it. Health and fitness, as we said before, like, yeah, if, if I would love if it fits you macros to work for everyone, I'd love there not to be an issue with gluten for everyone with dairy, with whatever it is. And it's the same when we get the vegan crowd of like, Oh, vegan is the only way to do it, but we're going to have all these meat substitutes and stuff that have got loads of processing in there. Oh, it's more sustainable. Yeah, but I can do more good for the world if my body is in a very healthy state. And is that going to help me more? I, th- I think, yeah, we get into a long debate. I think we're, yeah, it is a long debate. And I think where I was kind of going with it is it seems like to grow your audience or to stand out is probably a better term, right? To stand out in, in let's be honest, right? There's, a million fitness or health or diet people on, on the social media. So I get it why they have to stand out or, you know, to do that. But it seems like in order to stand out, you've got to create this conflict. It's like, it's just like these biohackers guys. There's one in particular who I used to get his email quite regularly and I'll know, you know who he is, but he's starting to get on my nerves now because he's just so angry about like everything. And it's like, hang on a second, you just kind of, that, that doesn't sort of sync with me. It's yeah. like, you know, he's saying, oh, he'll talk about blue light blockers. He'll talk about his, you know, coffee. Um, I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, I know you know. Yes, yeah, I said coffee, right? Um, but to me, I, the whole the stressor side of things shouldn't be, as a result by it like kind of go, just he seems like an angry person to me yeah like <laughs> really if we're doing these things like we shouldn't be stressing ourselves in in those ways like we should there should be simple ways of doing it but i i truly feel that i'm so aligned with who i work with 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 what i'm doing that social media will grow as as we need to go but if i had 100 million followers on social media then i'd have to work out a way of serving 100 million followers with courses and things like that the thing I love yeah. is the one-to-one work. Love it. Hence why I charge probably a lot more than most people for full one-to-one coaching with me. And mm. people have said it's worth that. I know it's worth that. I value my time for that. So I think I just feel at peace knowing that what I put out is from my heart that I've done the research in it. I've practiced what I preach with this stuff and I truly believe in it. And also that... Like, I'm not afraid to say that if I do make a mistake, I'll come out and say it like, or this information has changed since I put it out four years ago or something. And I think that shows a a sign of a good coach. And also that I can't help everyone. I will refer people onwards. Let me ask you a bit of a, what might be a bit of a controversial question. Uh So you charge a lot for your services. Yeah. But I think, we could all or both of us could agree that there's a lot of people who probably need your services. How do we kind of fix that balance between people who can't afford it, but need it? Like I know you said if you had a hundred million followers or whatever, then yeah. you kind of got, to, you've got to think of something to then 
But arguably, there's a, there's a lot of people who probably need help, right? Yeah. How can, is, is there a middle ground somewhere that's, I, I get it, the one-to-one stuff's important and you know you, you obviously enjoy it and you, and, you, and you make money from it and the rest of it. How do the how do the like the the ninety nine point nine percent of people who also need the help? That's why I'm doing it. courses where okay. uh, I did have a health screening where it was like ninety nine pounds to go through the questionnaires and then get on a call with me. And there was also okay. a sleep solution one. So the health screening was like brain one, gut one, um, and we go through what's going on. We get on a call and I say this is what I would do. Uh, go ahead and do it but you have a call with me and the sleep one was about lifestyle mindset and some health stuff and a similar methodology. They were both 99 pounds each. And um, okay. I mean, they're still available now if anyone's on here, like don't want to just straight up pitch or anything, Like they're available. So you can message me and they'll still be available. But what I'm doing okay. is working on making the sleep one completely automated. So it's, here's the questionnaire, do the questionnaire. And this is what this section means. This section means, and that section means, and yeah. the, I've got a 21-day brain fog blitz. As I've said about, we spoke about that uh, has actually been launching over the last week or so, which, again, we've said about time frame things, and I'm saying about a 21-day program, but it's about <laughs> giving you those foundations over three weeks to say, look, yeah. I can continue these as a habit. So it's, I want to be producing more courses to say that you're not in the place where one-to-one is going to be like, at that place for it but all the information is in this course if you don't have it in this okay. course here's my book and, and there's i aim to put out through my podcast through lives that the information is there the information in the brain fog blitz i'm pretty certain that i've said everything in that course over social media over the last couple of years right, so okay. if people truly truly want it there's podcasts out there there's information out there just ask if you're stuck ask me a question as well like if yep. you truly need help i want to give help but what i find is that when people uh, this is actually rick that said that uh, taylor's guy taylor swift's guy when people pay they pay attention so yes, yes. my one-to-one is at a premium because of the people that i work with it would also be doing them a disservice if i then charged like a couple of hundred a month for those people purely because they're not going to miss that side of things. I have got a couple yeah. of people that I've done a call with them and I really want to help. And they've told me exactly where they're at and I've worked with them because I can tell they're going to do the work and so on. So yeah. it's very rare, but it does happen. And it's that I've connected with someone. I want to help them. I know it's going to help their family. And I just think that if I can get more courses out there, not if, as I get more courses out there, I hope to get the sleep solution out there by Christmas, that yep. there's going to be a whole catalog for people to, to get information from, like free giveaways, doing presentations that like I've got. A, um, so to get on my mailing list, you, there's a, is this burnout presentation? It's a 30 minute presentation of signs of burning out and then what to do about it. And if you need more help, you go to the Brain Fog Blitz. If you need more help after the Brain Fog Blitz, you, it's, it's the funnel that's essentially been built. So there's loads yep. of information out there. Loads of information. And as I say, questions as well. I, I want to know questions because I want to create more content. So if someone's got a question yeah. and I haven't answered it, I may not answer it directly or like, 
you email me a question, I'll answer it on a Facebook Live. I won't say your name, but then I'll send you an email to say, I've just answered this question here. Yeah, it makes sense. So that makes more sense to me that way. No, people, you know, you kind of alluded to, but people don't value free. No, I'd often, love right? to like, if they did and you could pay your bills off of free, then great. If I could live the life that I want to live off of free, then yeah, awesome. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, let's talk about advice. So this question used to be, or is, best piece of advice you've ever received. But I, I've opened it up in recent episodes to be best piece of advice you've heard. Because, you know, I'm sure you, like me, probably see stuff online that someone may not have actually said to you directly. But you think, do you know what, that, that's pretty cool. So best piece of advice you've heard. I think... myself like with with the advice side of things that's doing like i was at an event in columbia i was speaking at an event and these people came on afterwards and it was a guy called demir bentley and he'd burnt out multiple times he kept name dropping me and i had done my talk beforehand so it's pretty cool but they've got a book called okay. winning the week and they talk about never going on max so if we talk about in a gym form, if you're doing deadlifts or bench press, never going to complete max, always have more capacity before you hire. But don't let your body get to burnout before you hire. Don't let your yeah. business get to where you're completely rushed off your feet, burning out before you get an assistant, before you hire another coach and so on. Do things by thinking ahead and then preempting what's going to happen and then do it easier said than done because we always think tomorrow we'll do it tomorrow we'll do it tomorrow we'll do it but eventually that we don't get that chance to come back and unfortunately with some people with their health that some people need to have a heart attack before they do anything and mm. then some people still won't do anything but the advice that I, as i said is take action when you can choose to take action before you're forced to take action because you're doing it from a place of choice rather than a place of stress. Yeah, that's great advice. And weirdly, it's kind of weird analogy that sort of we were talking about this morning about batteries, like electric batteries. And someone was saying to me, you should never charge an electric battery more than 80%. Yeah. And you should never let it drop below 20%. And they said, like, in, in real terms, it's, it's very hard to do because, you know, we're not going to spend our life like monitoring our batteries oh, yeah. and our phones like that, whatever they said but that is peak because if you go above 80 percent, it starts degrading and if you go below 20 percent, it starts degrading and they said there's this sweet spot in the middle and i guess the analogy is exactly the same with us right yeah if you if you start tinkering above that 80 percent, then you're again i guess it comes back to that stressor um label you know you talked about earlier but it's quite it's just weird analogy that just popped into my yeah, head. I think using, using technology and stuff like that, um, we can see when we're charged up, but I always use heart rate variability and they've got a body battery on the Garmin, but I've got an aura ring yeah. which has heart rate variability. Um, you've got the Garmin as well, yeah? So yeah. like looking at the technology and like seeing when we are charged up and seeing what activities we can do. So your HRV is the variation between heartbeats. It's not as rigid as people yep. think. I want clients to be regularly over 60 when it comes to their HRV. And we do that on the average of the night before. Um, 
What? I'm just going to check my HRV right this second. Go on. So is what over six? Over sixty is good, is it? What are you, what are you checking it as in in the moment, or are you checking it from like the average of last night? No, so my hate. Oh bloody hell, that's not good. My overnight was fifty five. So what was that from? Your Garmin. Uh, on the Garmin. Okay. And my highest five minute average is seventy nine. Fifty five isn't that bad. Like I'm seeing some people in their like twenties and thirties. And it's more okay. like when they're using Aura. I, I found the Garmin, like it has the body battery. Like the HRV isn't as, I don't know, like it doesn't seem as normal to me. Like the Apple. Well, there's a lot, a lot, there's, a, well, so weird, like I can, I sometimes have my strap looser, uh, yeah. I sometimes have it tighter. And I don't know what, diff, I mean, it obviously makes a difference, well, like, right? but I don't know what, how much. Fitbit does it over like, as long as you sleep for more than four hours, like the average of overnight, Aura does the average of overnight. Apple, okay. you can go into like heart metrics and then HRV and then you go into like where it says like day, week, month, year. If you go into week and then look at the average for each day. And I think like that way we can see that, to be honest, like that, that was one of the things I was going to say for the next question about I see more technology coming to help us out in the future. And okay. like we can utilize this technology. It gives us the signs. It shows us what we need to do. It's just a case of us being awake enough to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so we're talking about the future now, yeah. about technology. I mean, so on the whole, you think technology is a good thing when it comes to this stuff? I mean, kind of must be in my mind because I see so many people wearing Garmin's, Fitbits, Apple Watches. It is if we no use idea it. On the, on the, like, if we think about yeah. connectivity, like, I've had like five or six notifications go off on on my watch since we've been here. But it's like told me a podcast is out, has told me an Amazon delivery is, is, is on its way. I don't have WhatsApp or messages or anything, notifications going on or, or Messenger. Sometimes they could be worse. Well, you, well, you got Garmin or Apple Watch? Uh, I've got the Garmin, um, yeah. the Phoenix one. And uh, like, it's great to have it, but like so many times we can be more connected than we need to be. And then is it actually better for us health-wise? But I, I I do think technology helps us out overall, but sometimes we can get obsessed mm. with it. Like I had my Apple Watch for God knows how many years and it had like a like 1,200-day streak or something stupid like that. And then I didn't want to change yeah. it because I was worried about the streak, the streak that no one actually sees that you're not going <laughs> to break. Like when I go to an airport, walking around in a circle just to like get my steps in or something. Which is a good thing. I, I, Game, gamification, exactly. man. It's a gamification powerful, powerful side tool. of things. So technology helps if we're going to use it. So I also used to have an Apple Watch yep. 2 there. And like you, I had it for years and years and years. And I used to have all the notifications turned on. I had to the point it was just going off every two minutes, right? Um. And I got rid of it and got a Garmin instead. Yeah. And I know you can have notifications on your Garmin, but I deliberately didn't add any on because, again, coming back to your stress analogy, I found I could never get in a flow state. I could never do any work because I was just sitting there. And the bloody thing would just buzz on my wrist, yeah. like, constantly. Exactly. And, yeah, and that is why I stopped wearing my Apple Watch and um, got rid of it. But They are good things. They are good. I didn't, didn't I like the you, Samsung one. I switched to Samsung. The start of the year, and uh, the day afterwards, I rang them up and said, "Can I take it back?" I said, "No, you can't." 
and then I actually went back in because the watch was like mistracking my workouts, like saying I was running a little bit more than I was or something. I was running like to a percentage. So it actually like, yeah. gave me like 10% extra workload. And I was really on top of like the stress levels at the time. I went back in and they said, oh, um, it's not supposed to be accurate. I said, well, how are you selling it as like, a health metrics watch, like health and fitness tracker? And so I ended mm. up just selling that. That's when I got the Garmin and could have saved like a couple of hundred quid by getting the Garmin straight away. Yeah. But you live well, that, that's that's why I went for Garmin for exactly that reason. I was like, I'm doing more running, doing more cycling, doing more swimming. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just, Apple watches are great. They look great, but I want something dedicated for that. Exactly. And that's why I want it. I don't want it for notifications. I couldn't give a shit. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. But to your point about data, I wonder how much of that I really talk. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's like I've I've got this aura ring which tracks a lot of data, but I only really use HRV and like rest and heart rate and things, which I could get yeah. like well, pulse oxygens on on the Garmin. But the new aura ring has a subscription service and has like pulse oxygen and stuff. I'm like, I don't need to get it. If my aura two breaks, then maybe I will get one. But at the moment, like, yeah, I don't need it. No. I mean, there's there's no end to this stuff, no. right? I mean, you could, I guess, particularly in your line of work and the people you've got work, you know, your client stuff, you could get all sorts of data. But I think sometimes the more data you have, the more uh, complicated it gets and whatever. So, okay, last question. Um, what is an unpopular or spicy opinion you have? we're responsible for our own health not our doctors i think that's something that it's been pretty clear of in in this in this podcast but um i would say that's one where we we love uh, we need emergency services they're, mm -hmm. they're good for emergency care but so many times people rely on them as an out rather than taking responsibility for where they're at with their health. Yeah. And I think that's in this day and age, I think it's more unpopular than it, than it should be. Maybe a few generations back, like we were a bit more responsible for certain things going on, but I think we can be more responsible. Do you know, I don't know how an unpopular opinion it is. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Like I think it's, it's kind of like makes a lot of sense. I think, People talk about doctors being overwhelmed and, and I'm sure they are. I know they are, like I'm yeah. my own doctor, whatever, but it kind of makes you wonder how what people are going for. And I and I I'm sure there's lots of genuine reasons, but I sometimes think you know, people I don't know, took a bit more care of themselves, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's it down to responsibility. Like as we said before, when, when you look at, I don't judge people with trolleys. I'm sure there's some rubbish in my trolleys when I go shopping, but um, people's habits. And, and again, it's not necessarily, uh, there's responsibility, but they're being marketed to, like you said earlier, left, right, and center. Yeah. Buy this, eat this, do this. Like, this is easier to have this meal. This is a microwave meal. We're going to have two Domino's delivered to you at half time for half price and all this sort of stuff. Other pizzas are available. Um, yeah. But, there's so much temptation out there so much but I, oh, there is man like you go to the supermarket i mean i've got a sweet tooth yeah. right I, any, anyone who knows me will tell you that 
even I go to, I mean, I went to Tesco's this morning to pick something up and um, you're just walking down the aisles and it is temptation after oh, yeah. temptation. And God forbid you go there when you're hungry. It's just like. That's why it's kind of a blessing sometimes that I can't have gluten. It's like you go to the gluten-free section and it's like three fifty for a loaf of bread. <laughs> Screw that. Well, I've been trying. I've been trying to cut down on sugar lately. Yeah. Um, and it blows my mind how much sugar is in everything oh, yeah. you consume on a day-to-day basis. And it's understandable but why I we think, get listen, I, Well, yeah, I think that's um, that is a topic for another podcast that could. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going over <laughs> some good itself. topics here. Yeah, I'm really conscious of time. Um, Ollie, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Chris. I, again, I'm going to say it to you, like I say to all my guests, like you never know what you're going to get with someone because you, you know, we don't know each other that well, um, apart from a few emails backwards and forwards. And it's always a massive relief. I know you've got your own podcast, so you probably experienced the same thing. But it's always a massive relief when the guest is actually really interesting and really uh, conversational. Oh, yeah. And you get to the end of it, you think, oh, it's powerful. So, I want to thank you for that. Where can um, if people want to come and say hello or check out your stuff? Where's the best place for me to send them? So we've got OJ Health, OJAY Health, at OJAY Health on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can go to OJAYHealth.com and okay. yeah, there's a contact link on there. That in the, um... There's a link for YouTube on there. There's a link for podcasts. There's, as I say, the contact me uh, is all up there. Okay, I will link to all of it in the show notes. And as I said about like with the cost and stuff like that, if if you truly need help, message me and I'll do what I can to help. Like that's that's what I say to people. I think that's a perfect place for us to sign off. Thank you. Ollie, thank you so much. Cheers, mate. That was 10Q interview with Ollie Matthews. If you made it to the end, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm assuming you did, hence still being here. Good one, wasn't it? He's a he's a wise guy. He knows a lot of stuff about fitness and optimization and health. And I took a quite a lot away from it myself. And I've <laughs> already got lots of notes. But feel free to share any thoughts you've got about the episode on any of the social channels at Ten Q Interview everywhere. And that's all from me for now. Make sure you subscribed on whichever platform you're listening to this. And the next Ten Q Interview episode will be live in your feed very very soon. Thank you. And I wish you all the best. Speak soon. Bye.